0: Welcome back to another episode of five questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shaped them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success, even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been, and who are now where you might aspire to be someday. Joining the show today is Casanova Brooks, the founder and CEO of Dream Nation Academy. His story of hitting rock bottom starts the year he lost his house, his job, and his mother. But he decided that enough was enough and took control back of his life, living by his design. His story could be the one that changes your life forever. What's up, peeps? My guest today is a relationship builder, cultivating and transforming young and old minds into productive ones. Casanova Brooks is also a successful entrepreneur, real estate agent, investor, influential speaker, and CEO. No stranger to tough times, he's been faced with hardships that most never come back from. In his sophomore year of high school, he was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. After two years of chemo, and fighting, he was in remission. Emerging as a fighter, stronger than ever, he soon after lost his mother. The story seems like the end, but it was just the beginning. And we're going to learn a lot more about the life of Cass and his story of doing the impossible. Hailing from Omaha, Nebraska, by way of Chicago, Illinois, Casanova, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and it's an honor to be here.
0: Awesome. So I really enjoyed, uh, as I was mentioning before I went live, really learning about your backstory. Uh, You got a lot of content out there, which is awesome. So there are plenty of ways for people to get to learn about you um, and really got to enjoy to to dig into it. So before we get into the kind of Q&A piece of this, I'd love for the audience to get a glimpse into the life uh, of Casanova and, and who you are and what it is that makes you tick.
1: Yeah, I'd say first and foremost, I think you let out with the words that I am a relationship builder. That's what I like to classify myself as. And more importantly, I would say some way that I could resonate with anybody who's listening right now is I'm a dreamer. Um, I believe that everything starts with a dream and those of us who dare to dream while the rest of the world is settling for what society tells us is our reality, we're the ones who stand to be trailblazers and change makers. And ideally, um, we, sh- we stand to make this world a better place. So for me, that's that's really who I would say that I am. It's, it's always been a, a fun journey for me. It's always been a time that I felt like uh, I was gonna be bigger and and I was I had more things to do when it came to impact and influencing and so it's been a lot of fun for me on this journey
0: great so so speaking of the journey um, I'd love for you to kind of give us a, a glimpse into the, into that journey so tell us about that journey you know not only how you got to where you are today but sort of the backstory that really made you into the man that you are today
1: Yeah, so I would say uh, I originally started with my mom and grandma. I was raised by uh, two strong single women, and uh, they kind of paved the way for me to, one, have emotion, right, because we all have emotion, and to be able to tap into that, but at the same time, be able to have resiliency. And so when I was growing up south side of Chicago, inner city, for me, the big thing was I never had uh, a dad or an older brother or sister anybody who could show me the way or show me the ropes. So for everything for me, it was a lot of trial and error, right? I had to learn on my own and I had to really just every time I was exposed to something new, um, it caught my attention. And so it was something that I always knew that I wanted to do big things, like I said, but I never knew how I was going to do those things. For me, it was just always understanding that I had a bigger purpose.
0: So you, you mentioned so a couple things. So, so sort of, you know, the, the really premise behind this show is, is for the audience to see themselves into the guest, you know, sort of, I have this mentality. If I can, you can, I feel like, you know, you're sort of from your messaging the same way where, where you, where you come from, doesn't really need to be where you end up. So knowing that there's a lot of people out there um, who, who will resonate with your story and kind of understand, okay, Came from humble beginnings, you know. Went through a lot of tragic, you know, difficult times in life. Uh, didn't stop you, you know. You kind of, I remember reading somewhere or hearing on one of your videos, you hit, you hit rock bottom. But what rock bottom for you was the beginning to to get it together um, and and move forward and kind of make some changes in your life. So knowing, you know all those things that you've been through and and some of the hardships, uh, what advice would you give to people tuning in? Uh, that, that something you've learned that you'd love to share with them.
1: Yeah, well, I would, I always say like, of course you tapped into it a little bit as far as my journey of having, you know, childhood cancer, as well as losing my mom, my job and my home within a matter of a couple, you know, weeks. It was always trying times for me when I was going through those types of waters, but I told myself always that joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain, right? understanding as well that you know character is built in the diversity and so for a lot of us we're going through things right now I mean if we look at the art in this world there's so much uncertainty because we're all going through a pandemic in some way or another on top of that we have a government that they only give us about 10 to 15 percent of what we need to know whether rightfully so or not so we're always uncertain of like how much of this is the truth. Are we really in secure times or not? So for me, it was always about just keep taking one step forward, right? And understanding that we have different seasons in life, you know, for every, for you, I don't know, where are you located again? Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. So you at least have, you know, being up in the, um, the, the Northeast, you at least see some winners. Am I right? Mm. Yeah. Right. So for some people that are maybe in California, and the reason why I was thinking because it looks like you could be potentially about to go surfing or hit the beach. You know, you look like you have a pretty good tan and, and everything's looking good for you. So what I was saying was, Potentially, if you're in like California or something, yes, they have good weather all the time. Depending on where you are, there, right? If you're in sunny San Diego, you're always experiencing seven to eighty degree weather. Whereas when you're in a place like Omaha, or if you're in a place like Connecticut, you have four seasons. And once you're getting done with winter, where potentially you've been cooped up in the house or you know wherever you you stay, if you're in the office or wherever, for three to four months, now all of a sudden when springtime's hit, you can't wait to get out, right? You've been preparing for this you've been focusing ahead rather than, oh my God, we have you know zero below temperatures and we also have four inches of snow that's coming today. We're thinking about, oh my God, I can't wait until March hits so I can see brighter days. So I think for me, even at the times where I lost everything, I was always focused not on where I was, right? Because, you know, where I was currently at did not mean that was where I was going to be in three months, six months, or one year from then. So that was always a focus for me. And that's what I would tell anyone else. You know, whatever your current situation is, that's not your final destination.
0: Mm. And with with where you're at today you know i know you've had um some amazing success in the real estate space uh even you know coming in there a lot of times people i know i know plenty of people jump into real estate and kind of say oh yeah uh and it's kind of dabbling uh they don't find success immediately a lot give up or it's kind of a side hustle uh that they kind of you know hit into once in a while you seems like you went all in on real estate found success uh, very, you know, quickly because of the the hard work and effort you put in. Um, so, so what, what was that like, you know, jumping in, what made you choose real estate and, uh, you know, jumping into that, was it, what was it that made it such a success for you?
1: Yeah. So for me, I was always, you know, kind of an entrepreneur at heart. And the reason why I would say that is because when I was young, my parents, as my mom would always say she was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. So I just never had a lot of resources. Now at this time, of course, I didn't really understand that, you know, I was living, necess- I was in poverty, but of course, I still, I had it okay, and I didn't know my situation was really even that crazy because you're living, you got food, you got parents who love you, as in my mom and my mom, and so I was just living with what it was, and, um, but when I needed, like, extra money or, you know, any, any type of things that I wanted, I found myself having to go pay my own way, So like my first ever job that I remember in Chicago, I would go to like the gas station, me and a buddy and we would stand out when you would come outside of basically this is before they had cards that everybody was putting their card in the gas pump. So you were going inside to pay with your cash or whatever. You'd come back out and you'd see a little boy standing right there and I would say, hey, mister, if you don't mind, can I pump your gas? And then you'd say either yes or no. And if you said yes, I was pumping it, obviously, in hopes that you would give me some type of a tip, just like being at a restaurant, right? And so that was where I would find myself coming away with 15 20 $25 in the span of you know, it could be four or five hours, which was cool because it didn't really feel like I was working. I had my buddies. People would come up. And so I was making some money here and there. And then so my whole life, I kind of took on that trait. Now, I'll tell you, once I started to get older, I did go to college for um, at the University of Iowa for three years. But I was so young when I graduated at 17 that I didn't necessarily know I wanted to go to college. It was just a lot of pressure on me at that time because nobody in my family had went to college and definitely not graduated college. So if you can imagine when you're a sophomore or when you're a senior, your second half of your senior year, everybody's having graduation parties and all these things. And what's the number one question that's being asked? Well, what are you going to do next? Right. If you haven't already publicly touted that, hey, I'm going to some university. And so that that question got asked to me a lot. And I was just like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And um I found myself going to University of Iowa to, to, to make the story a little bit shorter. And uh, my third year in, after my parents had dropped me off at school, uh, and, and keep in mind University of Iowa, we were living in Sioux City, Iowa at this time. So it was about four and a half hours. It's between Chicago and Sioux City. So it's like right there in the middle. And so I found myself going there. Well, my junior year, I had uh, basically came up with an epiphany and, and my real, my heart believed that just because you had a degree did not mean you're going to be successful in life. Right. And so I was like, man, this is not what I want to do. So I called up my mom and grandma and I'm like, you know, I want to get out of here. And they're like, first off, you could have just told me this, you know, a couple weeks ago before we just dropped you off at college and spent this money. And I'm like, I get it. But my mom and grandma, as they always did, they supported me. They supported my decision. They're like, are you going to come home, get a job and figure it out? So I had different jobs that I was doing. I mean, I probably worked about 18 different jobs. And so then I was always as I started to gain traction, what I quickly learned through all of these jobs without going all into them was that it was really always about relationships and serving other people. And if you helped enough people get what they wanted, at the end, you would get more than enough of what you wanted. So I mean, serving tables, selling cars, all these things. And I had a lot of success with them, even though I knew nothing about any of them prior to getting in. My parents never owned a house, car, business, nothing. So for me, that was like a big thing. And then Finally, I, I moved myself here. and my, my, I moved my, myself, my wife, and my son, who at the time was three years old. We moved here to Omaha, Nebraska. And we were originally going to move down to Kansas City because it was bigger. It was more urban. They had sports teams like the Chiefs and the Royals. But because we didn't have, know anyone really in Kansas City, we figured Omaha was the halfway point, and I had a job opportunity there. So let's at least make sure that Omaha could work because we're moving my son away as well. Where we'll have no help. So it's like, make sure Omaha can work. And if it doesn't, then we can always just keep going south and go to Kansas City. And so at this time, I'm working a job. It's going really well. Well, I quickly learned in that corporate life that everybody could tell you no, but nobody could tell you yes. Right. So from there, I started to see things and they had me leading all these like emerging leader programs and all this other things. Well, I wanted to try my hand at management and they're like, ah, Casanova, you know, that's, it's great, but we don't have that position available right now, but keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, ah, I see where this is going, right? Like, And so from there, I started to watch like YouTube videos and things like that, you know, on the side. And I came across a a guy, a mentor that I would consider. And he had said something called, be the Lord of your land, right? And I was like, wow, like, I get that. But like, and he was talking about owning real estate, right? So you could have your own choices in life. And I was like, I get it. But I don't know anything about owning real estate. My parents, nobody in my family owned it. So I looked deeper into his story. And basically I seen that at that time he was now a developer, but he started out as a celebrity realtor. So I said, you know what? I don't know anything about, um, uh, owning real estate but I do know how to keep building relationships with people how about I get my license help other people buy sell and invest and then I could take the commissions and uh, and then I'll be able to stay myself and so that's the journey and the path that I've stayed on of course again adversity as you said was losing my mom early on after I got my license but I wasn't doing anything but that's kind of how my career in real estate started
0: so when uh I know. I, I Again, you know, kind of part of where you were when uh, when you kind of were. I know you were living in your aunt's basement, I think, and kind of you know had really no prospects. Um, which you know, a lot of people, you think about that, you're like, man, you know, hey, th- this is this is uh, a really low point in life. But but you didn't. You emerged. Um, you found success. Uh, you share that story. And and what is what's the fuel? It, and maybe, maybe it hasn't changed since you, you know, since you were younger uh, and overcame cancer, but what's, what's the fuel that, that keeps you going? What's that drive? You, know, you wake up, those eyes open up in the morning and you're like game time, Yeah, you know, like what, what is that? Or, or maybe those things that keep you going.
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think it's one understanding that we were all created to be great. Right. It's just about who taps into their potential. And so when you look at that, for me, I know that my motor runs at 100 miles an hour right now. And everybody's 100 miles an hour is different. Right. So mine, 100 miles an hour is different than someone else's or yours or whoever's. But I understand that at some point my motor will not run this high. And a a quote that, you know, a buddy of mine once said, and it always stuck with me, but he said, you know, if you really think about it, failure weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. Mm -hmm. right? Failure weighs ounces, but regret weighs tons. And so for me, I never want to look back on the life that I had and and being able to be healthy for as long as I was and being able to, when doctors said we have less than 1% chance of of reproducing, now we have two beautiful children that neither one of them, you know, thus far have had any type of you know, real sickness. So we've been blessed in life. And so for me, it's always understanding that I have an opportunity. If you think about Michael Jordan, and I talk about this, I'm huge into sports, right? But they just released the last dance, which was this past Sunday, and everyone was talking about it. But Michael understanding, you know, the opportunity that he was gifted with, right, to be able to lead a team and to even be able to come in. There's very few people that have that gift that really tap into it. Not very many, few people that have it because I feel like a lot of people have it. But how many people really tap into it and go all in and... That was a big thing for me was, was understanding that every single day I got an opportunity to make not only my wife and my son proud, but everybody who calls me a friend, everybody who calls me a family member and even who calls me a leader because they're on my team. It's 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 a after in the beginning, you're building your foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And your foundation, for the most part, is all about you, you're trying to build your mindset, things like that. But then after a while, you start to actually build on top of the foundation. And that found in my opinion, once you build on top of the foundation, you're building a house, right? And when you're building that house, you're probably not the only one that's going to live in that house, right? You're going to bring your family and your wife, your son. So you have to make sure that you have a solid foundation, because that's all of you but at the same time what are you really building the foundation for so you can put a house on it and that's what encompasses your family your friends your, your your employees your colleagues whoever it is that you're gonna be working with so it becomes a team sport rather than a me sport
0: yeah and I think a lot of people overlook what you just touched on people you think about externally you're always worried about somebody some, how can I help this person how can I help them and if you neglect yourself and don't build up your own self as a a foundation uh everything else you do is going to crumble um so how good are you know you mentioned your family your wife your kids how good of a husband or a father can you be if you're crumbling on the inside you're you're doing them a disservice uh so so i i love that because i feel like people do they neglect themselves uh and and we do need to start with ourselves and build ourselves up and, and and thinking of ourselves you know, as a, as a foundation in some ways is um, is super powerful because we do, we, we, we over, we, I think we overwork ourselves and that neglect comes out a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. I would yeah. definitely agree.
0: Um, so you said, uh, I wanna get into uh, you know, some, uh, maybe something that you, you feel from a perception standpoint, but I, I know you said uh, you can feel empowered, you can accomplish anything you want because it's possible. So for you, you're someone who says, I'm gonna put my mind to it I'm gonna get it done Uh, and you've done that constantly over and over again Uh, and I know uh, you you know I've seen some of your speaking where you've worked um, with with students um, which is a you know an interesting demographic because they're they're sort of open to learning and then they're sort of also saying hey I like to figure out things on my own so depending on on the, the mindset of the the audience in there especially with students but it, what's something that you've seen through your speaking engagements, through your interactions with, with people you deal with in the corporate world and in real estate, um, that something you see if you could change, if you could, if you had that power uh, and you're like, you know what, I see this all the time and, and, and this is something that I maybe, maybe it's not wrong or maybe it's a perception, but something you would change if you could.
1: Yeah, I think it's the, the perception of just doing things the way... Like I, for me, I've always been somebody who's bucked the trend, bucked the system, right? And I've always just wanted to learn more. I've always wanted to be exposed to more things. So again, the, the normal in society is to go to school, get a good job, right? And now, and you want to focus on with that job, you get security. But if you look at it for so many people, they really don't have security because at any time, which we're seeing in this pandemic right now, people can be laid off right your job can be taken whether they just eliminate your position to due to you excuse me whether they just eliminate your position due to finding somebody else with a little bit more knowledge or did it due to sheer automation, right? So there's there's lots of different ways. So you have to be willing to bet on yourself. And if first what starts with getting the same knowledge and the same um information that successful people had, right? I think in today's world, the best thing about it is you have YouTube, you have podcasts, you have the best teachers right there at your fingertips. Before it was like if we wanted to go, you know, get all of the high level stuff, we never had access to the, to the amount of people who are winning in this world right Than we do today so for me it was always about I knew that I wanted to I couldn't listen if I was trying to be like the 1% I couldn't listen to the other 99% of people mm-hmm. right that's and, and that's what I think like we're taught from an early age right even at kindergarten I would even say we're taught from an early age that you need to fit in right? In a world where you're built to stand out, where you're built to not have any fear. If you think about children, the best thing about children is they have no fear. I got a two and a half year old daughter right now. It's got, don't touch that. She's looking at it again and touch what I just said, don't. And then it's crying or maybe it's going to do it again, but luckily it wasn't hot or whatever it might be. Right. But they have no fear. And that's what makes children so beautiful to watch is because everything is like, oh, okay, let's go ahead and try it. But yet when we become like 14, 15 years old, we've just been beaten and broken down so much by other people casting their fears on us. Because when I tell my daughter don't touch something, it's because I have a fear that she might get hurt, right? Or I have a fear that she might break something. But she doesn't have that. And so for me... I would, the, the perception that I want more people to do is to do your homework, do your due diligence. I get it that your parents or whoever else has told you this is the way of life, but it's only because that's the thing that they were told and that's all that they know, right? If you start asking people, for the most part, if you ask people about, you know, investing, what are the first thing that they're gonna tell you? They're probably gonna tell you stocks or bonds, right? Only 5%, if that, of the world of people will tell you about investing in a crypto. Why? It's because they don't know. Right. And they've never done their homework and I'm not a crypto person, so I don't want to take this there, but I'm just saying the reality of it is if we don't know, we say, ah, no, go do the stock market. Ah, go do real estate. But the world of it is, is there's going to be a lot of people who become billionaires, definitely millionaires in some form of fashion because of cryptocurrency right? And because they took the time to educate themselves on it. And there's always different perspectives. Here are different perspectives. And the best thing about it is we're not animals, we're not trees. We have a mind of our own where we can formulate our own decision and make sure that it's a calculated one that works for us. Because the reality of it is is no situation or no investment or no avenue works 100% for every single person right cuz it's all based off of our own risk tolerance, our own anxiety. For some people they want to go get in a big apartment building. For some they want to go get in a commercial. They want nothing to do with residential. Right? Everybody has a different tolerance. So for you or anybody listening to this, right? I would say Think about how gifted that you've been so far to make the decisions that's helped you to get to where you are today. Even by you just sheer listening to this podcast, you made a choice that so many people are not even able to make, right? You're making the choice to better yourself. So keep going off of your own intuition and keep getting more exposure to things that could help to you to level
0: up. Well, if the audience wasn't taking notes right there, hit the back button, rewind that and and get the pen and pad out because that was spot on right there. And and I feel we do need to look at ourselves internally and and realistically and know what what we are capable of because you nailed it. What works for someone else, what their risk tolerance may be completely different than what it is for you. So um, solid advice there. Uh, So thinking of advice, uh, my favorite part of the show, I love to ask uh, my guests to give them a chance to whip out their crystal ball or stand up and pontificate a little bit and give us a glimpse into the future. Uh, So where are we going to be in five and 10 years? And the floor is open to you on on the subject, doesn't matter. Uh, Just a chance to to be historically correct here and and, and where we're going to be.
1: Yeah, I I think in my opinion, one thing I keep saying is there's going to be a lot of people that have their situation reset out of this thing, right? And, and I think for everyone who's listening right now, your main goal has to be to develop some type of a skill, right? Whether that means Facebook ads, whether that means copywriting, uh, whether that means um, accounting whatever it is that you love, like figure out what's the skill that you want to get behind. Make that videography if you love right now, right? There's opportunities. I think I read, and what do I mean by like, they're going to have an opportunity to get their situation reset? Well, across the country, the average person was bringing in around $835 per week from what, I, what I've read. Well, normally if you were on unemployment, then you would get that cut into half. So you'd be getting somewhere around like $415 with the average person that's not an incentive for you not to try to go find another job. But for now, at least while this pandemic is still going on, if you're on unemployment, now you'll still get that 400 and some odd dollars, right? But then on top of that, you get an additional $600. So now this is an incentive for a lot of people to not have to go back to work at least right away. And some people actually can't go back to work because they don't know when you know things will open back up. So what I would say is listen right now to what your heart's telling you. Listen right now to like, what's that one thing that you think you can be Super, what are you already doing every single day? Are you watching media and consuming it or are you watching media from a creative lens thinking about how can I create a video like that, right? There's a lot of people that are getting their situation reset right now because now they have time to actually go on and create TikTok videos, right? Nothing against TikTok. But now people have gotten... 100,000 followers off of TikTok because they've tapped into their creative sense. Whereas with that job, if they were going there every day, they never had a time to do that, or at least they never made it a priority to do that. And so that's what I would say. Um, and and where I think that everything is going, I think that it's going to become a world of, honestly, a digital world. We've, we've been thinking it, we've been seeing it. You look back, Twenty years ago, there was movies out there. There was a lot of things like, um, like even think about the Jetsons, right? The, the TV show, the Jetsons. We never thought we'd see. Now we have drones out here. Obviously, we see more and more things that Tesla and Elon Musk are trying to create. And they're talking about drones delivering your groceries to like a, a locker, kind of similar to what Amazon does already. They have a locker, but you know. So I think that everything will become more digital. I think a lot of companies. They were like, oh, we would never, there's no way, we always need brick and mortar. We are now look at it right now. There's a lot of companies that have now been able to trim, you know, not to say in a negative sense, but they've been able to trim some fat, right? And with that being said, that means that they've laid off maybe 20% of their workforce, but they feel like now they've laid off 20% of the payroll expenses and they're just as efficient right so now they're they're looking and, and there's going to be a lot of people that says okay zoom is a great platform but how can we create something just like zoom but add a couple pieces in there to allow people to be able to live stream into zoom right and and not have to create not have to connect with a third party platform like a facebook right or youtube now, once we get this on here, you live right into my Zoom, and, and maybe it's not like a webinar, but it's just live streaming with you and I every single day. So there's a lot of different things, and it's up to that person to be creative. But obviously, if you can tap into that creative sense, there's a lot of opportunity behind it.
0: Yes, and that's the difference between watching content and consuming it, uh, or, or watching, learning, and, and taking action too. And, and right now, what, that we have the time, I feel like, I feel the same. I feel like some great ideas are going to come out of this. I feel like people who you know, didn't focus on stuff or had a notepad full of ideas but just never got to it, now is the time and people are – the creative juices are flowing and, and there are going to be people who come out of this with, with something amazing that they've been putting off. So uh, great, great um, uh, uh, prediction there. Um, so where do we, where do we find you and I'll drop everything in the show notes as well for everyone listening in, but where, where do they go? Uh, if they want to learn more about you, um, and, 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 seek you out or, or maybe hire you to do with a speaking engagement, where, where are we going?
1: Yeah. So Casanovabrooks.com is the universal place to find me. If uh, you can, you can find the podcast there, the dream nation podcast that I host. Um, that's where you can find a lot of the information. But on top of that, if you want to connect with me on social, I'm very active on Instagram. I am also active on LinkedIn as well. So I'm, I'm pretty all over, but the universal place to find me is Casanovabrooks.com uh, Casanova brooks.com O B A.
0: All right. We will uh, link that for sure. Thanks so much for being on, uh, sharing your story and giving us some amazing advice to to walk away with. Truly appreciate it.
1: Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Frank. And to everyone, uh, my last thing is to no matter what, remember in the dream we trust, but we must take action or otherwise it's only merely a fantasy.
0: There you go. Appreciate that. I want to thank everyone who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to 5questionswithfrank.com for more information. I'll see you next week.